previously on the Players World. Our hunters were getting ever more mobile, with Ava getting a new car, and Luz got her transporting angel wings. The biggest thing, of course, is that we said goodbye to Eli and Gavin, who have now left the podcast. And strangely, we'd loom ever closer to finding out and learning who Detective Dawn is. Let's find out all of this in The Player's World. The screen darkens one final time, and the last string of text fades into the screen. It reads, Now. We see Detective Dawn standing in the front of a large, elegant, charcoal-timbered door. He drops his bags at his feet, reaches into his breast pocket for his key, and he opens the door to... A simple suite, much like a fancy hotel room, but it's it's not our Hotel of Discovery. This is another hotel, less magical, somewhere in the upper district in Broadstead. And when you step into this room, there's like a short hallway that leads into a small kitchenette space with lavish marble countertops that then leads into a small living area. And then on the far wall is a massive gorgeous window which overlooks the estate next door to this apartment block. You walk into this room and up to the window and the scene is quite lively in front of you. You see a wide courtyard with a large ornate fountain sitting in the middle and like a small um, like a castle defense tower off to one side with workmen setting up some sort of event or festivity that's going to be taking place soon. And there are lights, like fairy lights, being hung up all around this precinct. And crewmen are setting up tables and chairs under a large canvas regola. Musicians are bustling in to set up their various stringed and brass instruments. And a giant cannon is being wheeled in by a fleet of stout dwarven men. This whole scene is happening outside, but doesn't really pique your interest. What does pique it is the note that you have stuffed inside your pocket of your trench coat. The same one that was slipped under your office door two days ago. Wanting to get right to work, you drop your bags off and you immediately shut the door behind you and you make your way through the city of Broadstead. And we get to see the transition of Detective Dawn making his way through the through the business district and then under the large like spider web of like colorful clothing from the residential quarters as he moves throughout this city and eventually he makes his way out into the central square of Broadstead where in the middle of this large like park greenery area sits a giant clock tower with a time that reads like um like 3 p.m. And then off to the side of this square, you follow your directions that Chuck gave you and you make your way over to a building that 
seems to emanate like a wider sense of joy and alertness than any of the other buildings surrounding. You make your way up the wide stone stairs that lead up to the two main doors that remain closed, and off to the side, inlaid into the cement, reads the words, The Hotel of Discovery. Visitors welcomed, residents expected. And then one final time, we see Detective Dawn reach into his pocket, pull out his phone, and make a phone call. You have reached the voicemail box of... Dave? If you're there... Pick up. Pick up. I don't know what's going on anymore. And I'm starting to think. You've always been there for me, but... This isn't what we're trained for. (laughs) Budget cuts at work again. You always hated those. The peace. Do you know something about it? Is that why you're here? What's so important about this place? This hotel. God knows what I'm expecting here. I'm not giving up on you. Whatever shit you're in, I'll get you out of it. Even if I have to dig my own grave to get there. And I give the phone one last look as I think about saying something more. But I shake my head, and I close it, and I put it back into my pockets. While this whole phone call is happening, I think we definitely see, in the background, a thin line of smoke scream its way across the sky as Rainbow and Luz fly overhead with the jetpack. And then land into the back alleyway. And then Detective Dawn pushes the doors open to the hotel and enters inside. We watch Rainbow, Luz, and Avery make their way in from the back alley uh, into the hotel, uh, up a couple stairwells, and they they make their way up to uh, the surrounding barricade to this main lobby. And and then they push their way into Augustus's office. The room is not how you remembered. It has less energy and warmth in it than before. And this is also true for you, Ava. This room has changed since you were last in here earlier. The top drawer of Augustus's desk sits unlocked and open. Resting on the surface of the desk is a red leather-bound journal opened to a passage. And sitting next to it, a note. My curiosity kills me. I have to go and look immediately. <laughs> Which are you looking at first? Uh, probably the note, because it's out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Luz, you uh, wander over to this table. And I think uh, as you and the rest enter into this room, uh, again, off to your right, the fireplace gives a soft little glow. It's kind of like a... You kind of take it as like a, hello. And you beeline it for Augustus's desk, and you pick up this handwritten 
uh, almost hastily written note. And it is short and to the point and quite abrupt when you read it aloud to the rest of the hunters. Uh, I'm tired and I'm sorry. I want to go home and I can't do this anymore. Dr. Marvel says there's a way out of all this, but it's apparently risky. Thank you for everything you've given me. Signed, Marco Hernandez. Eli. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to show the note to, I guess, Ava. <laughs> Be like, do, do you know anything about this? We've, Rainbow and I have been gone. Um, uh, I think Ava's going to like reach your hand out as if like, can I see the note? Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to her. So she's going to look at it and then kind of turn the paper around. Um, and then look at the group and be like, no, I, I have no idea what this is. I'm guessing we should go to Dr. Marvel's. <laughs> um, I need to make a trip there anyways. I've been carrying this bag of bug parts all over the place anyways. So like, uh, oh boy. Hmm. What's on your mind, Rainbow? Don't know what to make of it. Usually people just leave. They don't leave notes. Maybe he wants us to stop him? Eli would pull something like that, wouldn't he? <sighs> I don't know, guys. I think Ava's going to turn to the fireplace and ask if it knows about the note because she had a full conversation with it earlier the day in the day. <sighs> hmm. A piece of parchment comes fluttering out of the fireplace and you catch it in the air, Ava, and you flip it over and it reads, Eli came in earlier. He seemed upset. Um, Ava will show the group the parchment that the fireplace sit at, spit out. I'm going to look at the parchment and just be like, like, like mad, guilty, because, you know, he killed a dude. Mm. Did he take anything or look at anything in particular? I mean, assuming I, I, I'm, I'm just like jumping to conclusions here, I guess. But like there is an uh, open drawer and a journal out. Oh, my God. He snooped through Gus's shit. Ugh. That <laughs> does sound like something he might do. Yes. No boundaries. Yeah. No boundaries. God, we're just talking. Absolute, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, we all sort of do that, though. We we were just in a museum, and we did just open up an ancient box. Yeah. That doesn't belong to any one person. And I may have gone through Augustus' desk earlier today. Ava! That sounds like you, too. <laughs> I the the fireplace wanted to show me something. Oh. It showed me this and then she pulls out the invitation. That's much better. Okay. At least you have a reason. Fireplace, did you I mean ho this hotel. Um did you give Eli like a sign to look there or like A piece of parchment flies out and it comes to you lose and it reads Eli wasn't supposed to look in that drawer. But he was persistent. Harumph. 
we'll we'll sort this out later. Chances are he's already gone somewhere. Maybe back home. Maybe he made it. Maybe he did. There are other ways to get back there. Yeah, you said something about the forest, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, like, yeah, I don't think he knows where that is, but we we should we can figure that stuff out later. I, I bet he didn't even <laughs> walk over to the desk, and uh, I'm just walking and talking. Like, I I I don't know. I I doubt he'll be able to like do that sort of thing. I mean, like, you and you, Ava, and him, like, you don't, you guys don't know anything about this place, really, besides, like, the weird, quote-unquote, stuff, right? Yeah. I mean... Yep, pretty much. I'm sure we'll be able to confront him eventually, and I'm gonna... (laughs) As I'm giving my moral compass speech, (laughs) I'm gonna reach down and look at the journal... (laughs) <laughs> giving a moral compass speech snooping through stuff that's our bun <laughs> uh lose you reach down and you pick up this journal and you flip it quickly to the, like the front page and you see that it belongs to augustus and when you flip it back to the opened entry a photograph kind of falls from the page and it lands on the table and you pick up this old photograph and you see that's uh augustus with his arm around a, a, a kid like a boy And the boy's dressed very eccentrically. He's got spectacles. He has a green gem around his as a necklace uh, with a pocket watch tucked into his breast pocket. And the boy's also holding a staff. Uh, um, Does Rainbow still have the staff? Yeah. I I put it in the pocket of these little pants that you gave me. I'm going to glance over at her pocket and then glance over at the staff in the photo. Uh, I'm gonna look at my my uh, new glasses and look at the ones in the photo. I'm gonna look at that stopwatch and I'm gonna look at Ava's. Be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and I think like instinctively you flip over the photograph and on the back is the date, uh, and the date is 200 years ago. Is it like are are the lifespans differently in Broadstead than Bogdan? Because like if I don't know if Lou should be shocked or not how old Gus is. Uh, yeah, no, there is no difference. It's usually like uh, like max lifespan is maybe 80, 90 years. Flip over and just like keep looking at the year and then looking at Gus. Damn. Um, he must be goofing. I don't think Gus would goof around these times. God. And I'm, I'm going to look at the boy and does does he look very familiar? Uh, yeah, facial features, kind of like cheekbones, chin. He's like a cheeky grin. Uh, match that of the statue in the museum. Mm. But of course, the statue was of an old man. Mm. Okay. Someone help me. I don't know what to do with this. I'm <laughs> <laughs> We can also always just file it away for later. No, I'm going to hold up the picture and like look at the fireplace. Like, uh, who, who's this boy and why is Gus immortal? <laughs> Could it be something to do with the magic of the hotel? I mean, maybe. Oh, no. Oh, Gus is dying. 
Oh, I bet it's... Wait, no, everyone has vibrance. <laughs> Just going to be like, hmm, what the heck's going on here? Fireplace, you... I mean, this, this hotel, you have a lot of answer... A lot, a lot to answer for. <laughs> I'm sweating. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, piece of parchment flies up, flies over to you, uh, Luz, and it reads... It only reads, the boy is the ancient one. Oh my God, you're being, <sighs> who's the ancient one? <laughs> I'm going to wipe my hands. <laughs> Another piece flies out, comes straight to you, Liz, and it says, the protector of Broadstead. Oh my God, who's the protector of Broadstead? <laughs> Wait. Another oh piece of parchment flies out and it reads, the boy in the photograph. Is it okay if I kill a hotel? <laughs> How would you... No, wait. Does the boy in the picture have, like, a name? Other than his title? And if he does, can you tell it to us? Please? You wait for a bit, and there is no reply to that. So, either he doesn't have a name, or she can't tell us. That's such bullcrap. I mean, sometimes magical artifacts just have their own codes and they can't break them. It's in their nature. Yeah. Uh, are we going to find out who the heck he is? <laughs> uh, I think uh, the fireplace doesn't actually give a reply. Uh, all it does is just give a, a plot-sensed glow. How's that? I assume that's a yes. <sighs> Oh my god, this is ridiculous. I'm going to let out a very frustrated sigh and go back down and look at the journal and like flip the page if there's other important stuff in there. Yeah, roll plus sharp for investigate a mystery. I got a seven. Beans. Cool, you get to hold one. Uh, I guess like where... Like, who, who's, like, do I know who the boy is based on, like, the journal? Yeah, I think as you kind of, like, sift, and I think Luz is, like, pretty uh, adept at um, kind of, like, reading information, like, skim reading information and picking out all the important pieces. Mm-hmm. So as you're, like, flipping between these journal entries, um, they're not dated, but, like, almost towards the very beginning of this uh, journal, you read about this title, this this person, this boy, the ancient one uh, stopping this like ancient evil, this unimaginable evil. Uh, that That's one of like the first entries. And then I think as you begin to flip through towards like the last entry, you read that Augustus is actually writing about uh, this unimaginable evil is like soon returning to Broadstead and that uh, another party must be assembled. Huh. I wonder if this kid is like, what, what were the old people's names? Like Clancy or <laughs> I forget what names Trenchcoat said. Um, Rainbow help me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't remember their names. Uh, well, okay. Uh, Miss, Miss Hotel. Um, what's going to like happen tonight? Like, like, why is this the next step? Um, single piece of parchment flutters out to you, and there's only four words written on it. 
Alistair will be there. It says Alistair will be there. Who? Maybe that's the boy? Alistair's trenchy. Oh. Dang it. Yeah, I, I, I learned that during my uh, conversation with the hotel. Are we fighting Alistair himself? This hotel? Maybe Rainbow could step in here. Ooh. Well, you know how we drank those things? Yeah. So I had a vision from the... I forget what the drink is called, but... The path. The path, yes, thank you. I had a dream, vision, from the path. And, well, there's a party happening tonight. I think it's a party. Everyone's dressed up and they're in a fancy place. And there was this... This black monster thing that I think is trench coat. That was moving between the people and going for this specific couple in the middle. And we need to stop him for sure. But also, like, I feel like we're supposed to stop him. Does that make sense? Never had a vision. Uh, I think it makes sense. Wherever, I mean, so far, wherever we've been, there's either been trench coat or one of his lackeys, so... It just makes sense, I guess, that the next place we're going will involve Trenchcoat and or his lackeys. Hmm. It does feel kind of like it's all connected, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're sure he was involved in the, the first incident, right? I mean, I thought we were. Yeah, I mean, Eli saw that thing and the monsters smelled very similar. They did, right, Sam? Yes. If that makes sense? Yeah. How about when we go to this thing, I can look around for one of the altars or the candles. Like, right as soon as we get there. Like, maybe I can, like, sneak off. Maybe. Be a little secret agent. Should you go by yourself? I mean, I just know when we got separated... We didn't know where you guys were or what was happening. And, you know, if you were hurt, I mean, you fell down a freaking hole. <laughs> that was a bad hole. I think it would be better if we stick together. Because we don't know what we're going to run into. At that, the fireplace spits out one last piece of parchment. And it flutters across the room and lands in your hands, Ava. It reads, Take him with you tonight. It'll help him uncover what he needs to know. Hmm. You know, Hotel, I would appreciate if you use names instead of him, her, they, them, it. You know, that, who, who is him? <laughs> she's like... <laughs> she's like... Talk, got the parchment, like, shaking it at the fire. Like, who's him? Who? A soft knock falls on the door to this office behind you all. And stepping into this room is Detective Dawn. Ah! 
Jesus! <laughs> I mean, I suppose Detective Ta- Dawn is pretty tall. Yeah. So the OG is a reaction. Um, okay, can we... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, go. can you describe what Detective Dawn looks like? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's metagame this real quick, because uh, for people listening, we've got a new character coming in, a new player as well. Let me introduce to you, Inda! Hello! <laughs> um, and with Eli's Exant, uh, we are bringing in this new character. Uh, would you care to introduce who steps into this room? All right. So my boy is Marcus Dawn, and he's a detective for a different division of the brown suits in another city. Y'all don't know his reasons for coming into the city quite yet, but he's come to assist with the investigation. Yeah. Because things have been hinky in this town. Absolutely. And who who is Marcus Dawn? As in, uh, mechanically, what playbook have you chosen? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, boy. This will be good. Yes, Marcus is the professional. Excellent. What um, race or species is Marcus? Well, you see. He's, as you might have noticed with the brown suits, who have the heads of pigeons, he's of an avian descendant, descendancy, shall we say. Um, he's an owl, a Eurasian eagle owl, specifically in a trench coat. Excelente. And so with uh, Marcus's like playbook, right, uh, what moves do you get if you are playing the professional? All right, so my basic moves are when I deal with the agency, I can request help or gear. Um, then I also have battlefield awareness, which is I always know what's happening around me, and I know what to watch out for, and I take plus one armor. It's like, I'm an owl. Exactly, that's so on point for an owl with like a 360 spinning head. <laughs> yes, I've already enjoyed that like neck cracking moment. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy getting to do it so much more. I also have the move leave no one behind in combat. When I help someone escape, I can roll plus sharp. I also have tactical genius. When I read a bad situation, roll plus cool instead of sharp. Excellente. And additionally, we agreed that I would be taking one level up already to put me on uh, the level of the rest of the party. Yeah. And for that, I took hunches from, I think. Was it spooky? Yes, I just checked. Yes, it's from the Spookies playbook. And what happens in the uh, hunches move? When something bad is happening or just about to happen, somewhere you aren't, roll plus sharp. On a plus 10, you know where you need to go. And I get there just in time to get there. So I guess with this move, uh, I'll probably have to keep this in mind and be like... It's your deus ex machina! Yeah! <laughs> but also because I'm, I'm probably going to stuff up on that and forget... Uh, like you just butt in and be like, I want to use hunches right now. And I'll be like, okay. Ah, okay. So don't. I've got a hunch about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My keen owl instincts have awoken a hunch in me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, feel free to butt in. <sighs> it is so good to finally have you join the party. Welcome. <laughs> I'm really excited to uh, explore Marcus's story as we sort of already have uh, so far. Yes, I'm hoping that I'll be able to play him with justice and, like, with also that creepy owl attitude. It's going to be so delicious. Uh, and so for the rest of you all, Ava, you just got this note uh, talking about taking him tonight. And in stepping to the room is Marcus. 
You may roleplay! Are you dressed like a cop? If you mean I'm dressed according to my station and duty. Oh no. Abreast of it, Rainbow doesn't like police officers. Sorry, Rainbow will uh, have her hackles kind of come up. And like, I mean, she's got long hair, so it doesn't like raise. But you can kind of like see that she's like tense and standoffish. And kind of putting herself between Ava and Luz and this new stranger. This is a private room. I pull out the piece of paper from my pocket, give it a quick look, and then I look back at the children who are standing in front of me, and I go, technically, I think this is the office of the head of brown suits stationed here. What do you know about Gus? You're wearing a trench coat. I don't trust people with trench coats anymore. I guess I'm going to stand up and point at him with a very angry face. I technically know that he's my best hope for getting some answers. He's basically dead. I snap my neck to look at Bun. Uh, That would be Luz, not Bun. Sorry, Luz. I'm going (laughs) to hide behind Rainbow. (laughs) My piercing orange eyes stare at Luz. Ava puts a finger up. Uh, Technically not dead, though. He's incapacitated. And she's, like, looking at the letter that the fireplace sent and then looking at the new person that entered the room and then looking at the fireplace. Like, really? Really? Who are all of you? You're the bosses around here. You answer to us. <laughs> I point at him again. I look at this child. <laughs> uh, Sam, can I use my empath move on Marcus? Ooh, what's that do? Uh, when you open your brain up to a person who is right there in front of you, roll plus weird. And I'm just going to basically see their uh, his emotional state and intentions. Do it. Okay. I got an 11. On a 10 or more, you gain a clear impression of their current emotional state and intentions. Take plus one forward when acting on this knowledge. Right. So I'm just like staring at him. And maybe you can see my eyes glowing and my third eye glowing on my forehead uh, underneath my... Hair. I feel like there's a staring competition happening between like orange eyes and loses. Yeah, but you just see her mouth just go agape and she's just like staring at you dead eyed, just like Yeah. <laughs> completely not All there. Those right. I reveal my emotional state. And intentions. Ah yes, and my att- intentions. I currently I feel a bit caught off guard. I'm also a bit anxious. Not anxious. Worried. Definitely worried. And there's a niggling feeling of doubt going through me. But what you can catch for me is that I'm very intently looking for someone. They're important to me. And I don't know what happened to them. Mm. Do I get the sense that you're a good guy? I have no negative intentions towards people. Hostile intentions. I have no hostile intentions towards anyone. Hmm. Doubt. I can tell if someone's lying. Well, I didn't say a lie. Yeah, and she's he's not lying to himself then. 
uh, when I finally snapped back to reality, I kind of like smacked my forehead. I'm just like, Ugh. Rainbow, you can you can trust him. I'm gonna step out in front of her, and I'm going to reach my hand out to shake. My name is Loose Screw. Um, I am, I guess, technically working with the brown suits. We are trying to figure out what is ruining the peace. And you are? Marcus Dawn. I work with the brown suits. Another division. They called me in for this situation. Oh, take my hand away. Oh, I I do shake her, (laughs) her hand. Sorry, I forgot that. (laughs) <laughs> I don't touch the children. <laughs> Actually, that's a really smart career move. Just like, yeah, no. Yeah. Mm. Um, she's gonna just nod and back away and look up at Rainbow and be like, I look deep into his soul. <laughs> I look deep into his soul. He sounds pretty cool. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, in the interest of party unity, I'm going to slightly stand down and just be like, I'll be nice. Yeah. And you, sir, if we're gonna be working together, you need to stop the scary thing. I think we are supposed to be working together. And then she's gonna hand lose the note at the fireplace spit out. Okay. Hey, spooky birdman. Um, are you good at sneaking? Depends. Hey, uh, they basically in this section just filled in a Marcus of like What's happening in the hotel and and who they are and what they do? If you're good at sneaking, um, maybe you can keep me safe (laughs) at this weird party we're going to. So Rainbow and Ava don't have to worry about me and they can just kind of scope out maybe trench coat at the actual thing. God, I'm wording this really confusingly. Um, (laughs) I pinched my beak. I'm being a chaperone. I see. You also don't have to come if you don't yeah. want to. No, no, no. Okay. Okay, trench coat, bed, party tonight. I should probably make people dresses. Do you want to dress, Marcus? <laughs> You're a bit too tall. It'll be like a mini skirt. I'm just looking at uh, fun, and then I look down at myself and say, I have a suit. Oh, yeah, true. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, let's go check on Eli. I guess we go to Dr. Marbles. Our hunters make their way through the hotel, uh, down towards like the back end of it, uh, up some rickety stairwells, down some dark hallways, until you finally get to uh, Dr. Marbles' lab. And I think what we saw before is still taking place. And when you all get there into this room, it is covered, like floor to ceiling, with this black muck stuff. Except for in the center of this room where you see Dr. Marbles hunched over uh, 
like a surgical looking table with some like lamps shining down uh, on Eli. Lose. I want to make you do something here. And I'm sorry if this is railroady, but I, I want this to be like a nice, sweet little bow on things. When you step into this room, are you wearing your spectacles? Uh, no, I think I have them in my bag, but I can maybe when I see all the magic everywhere, like I kind of recognize that it's Eli's because mm-hmm. I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm going to <laughs> reach into my messenger bag and slowly put the glasses on after I brush my hair out of my face. You see quite a similar scene to when you were down in the alleyway. It is this this filter that renders in over the top of like reality in front of you. So you're looking at this scene, this like black sludged deluged room with Eli in the center on this table. And I think when you sort of put them on, what you see right at the end of is slight wisps of this lime green mist. Uh, escaping from Eli's chest, and it is floating upwards. You see above the ceiling. You look up, and you are looking, first and foremost, into the spectral plane, and what you see above you is what I can only describe as a river, a flowing river that is suspended in space above you, so wide that you cannot see its edges. And you follow this green mist, continue to float upwards, and then emerge into this flowing river. Sorry to write that down. Um, hmm. I guess I'm going to take my glasses off and like try to dodge the sludge as much as I can because I like my shoes. Gosh darn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go up to Eli because I know exactly what's happening here. It happened twice today now. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to look at him and like maybe get like my plastic bag out from my uh, messenger bag and like use that to poke him with, because I don't really... I, I'm being careful. <laughs> Eli. I think uh, Dr. Marbles shifts in his chair and he says, uh, he kind of clears his throat. Um, Luz, hello. Uh, Eli. Um, his vibrance is getting taken somewhere. His vibrance? Oh, beans. Yeah. I, it, 
You want to know the real kicker? What's that? It happened to Gus, too. Augustus? Yeah. <sighs> um, and based on what happened earlier, I'm assuming that Eli's vibrance is going to the bad guy. I don't want to jump into conclusions or anything, but... Wait, what do you mean, bad guy? I mean, did we not tell you about trench coat? Did you? Oh God, I can't remember. Jesus, there's two. There's guys. There's so many NPCs. I, I gotta friggin' remember. <laughs> I, I I think I told him about the gen, like general okay. badness right. going on. Um, yeah, he's like in charge of like this whole broken piece. <sighs> Not again. Wait, are you old too? I mean, I know you're old. What? But like, how old are you? Gus is old. What? You don't know. Do you have any idea how rude it is to ask that? I will not hear it. Again? It's been two hundred years. What, what are you? What are you talking about? The two hundred year peace, and you're saying not again to like the broken peace. Were you there two hundred years ago? And I'm uh, and he kind of like holds his like uh, blacking glove up to his forehead. He's like, I, I'm getting old, loose. Just <sighs> first things first. As he like eyes uh, Marcus stepping into the room now, who. Obviously, Dr. Marbles recognizes that he's like a somewhat figure of authority. And he just, Dr. Marbles just kind of like uh, selfishly and chokingly like says like open to the room. Like what I must first say is that, and he's holding up like this thick stack of paperwork. Is it like, I hold (laughs) no legal obligation towards the state of Eli in this, uh, this here room. My gaze snaps to Dr. Marble. (laughs) (laughs) And then it snaps to Eli. That's the murderer. <laughs> Just filling you in. <laughs> Lou says that people skills and no, neither do I. <laughs> and then I'm looking and I go, Slab's a bit dirty, isn't it? Yeah, no kidding. Thanks to this. Uh, thanks to him. Yeah. I was doing some work with uh, one of his uh, bloodwork samples. And, uh, oh, well, uh, he just kind of vaguely gestures to the room. That's a lot of blood. This isn't blood. Does this look like blood to you? Well, you said blood work samples. There's, unless there's something you'd like to fill me in on. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, who are you? I, uh, hey, hey, Luz. What gives? What gives? What? He's cool. He's cool. I'm an empath. I read into a soul. He's fine. I'm a Sagittarius and I fought every morning. What does that have anything to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> He's here to work with us. Maybe the hotel planned for this because Eli's... Huh. Look, trust Marcus. I trust Marcus for now. He's kind of creepy, but he's fine. He means well, <laughs> based on what I know. I, I'm looking at Luz. Like raising an eyebrow. I trust you for now. Noted. Double noted. <laughs> I'm going to snap my head back to Dr. Marbles. So, just, you don't have to tiptoe around everything with him around. It sounds like he's just fated to help us. Mm-hmm. Can I, like, roll to manipulate him to, like, freaking talk? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, roll plus sharp. No, not sharp. <laughs> what am I saying? Charm. Oh, that's a three. Oh, I nope. leveled up. Okay. Oh, you leveled Yay. up. Nice. <laughs> Yay. 
What are you doing for your level up, first of all? Let's sort this out. Um, can I think about that? Yeah, yeah, sit on it. Don't worry, I can do creepy activities. I kneel down next to, like, the black goo and I'm looking at it. Ugh, gosh, don't touch that. Ugh. Listen, everybody, um, what we tried to do here was, whoa, did you guys hear that noise? <laughs> ah, what is oh. that? Bun. Oh, bun, your <laughs> mic, dude, is like, Bruh. yeah, what um, is that? I, I, oh, I was going to say, it by. sounds like a uh, police sirens. Yeah, I already called the cops on like Dr. Marvel's. <laughs> that's fucking that's some good coincidence there um i would like to go check on eli because he is laying as if dead very similarly to gus yeah rainbow i think uh, you step into this room a little bit further now and you and you walk up next to uh eli who yeah lays there very much in the same state as uh what you saw and experienced with augustus just uh, blank stared no energy catatonic staring up at the at the the lamp above you i think ava is going to slowly approach um i think she's mm-hmm. hesitant because you know he's he's from the same place she is they've gone to school together he's always been up and playing basketball or something. So to see him laying so still is very creepy to her. Mm-hmm. So she's going to go up and kind of just be like, uh, Eli? Eli? And like tap his cheek a little bit. Eli? What happened? Yeah, that's my next question. <sighs> okay. Before you all left this morning, I got Eli to do uh, a blood work sample, which coincidentally uh, erupted into the black sludge that you all see around you right now, as he just gestures to everything, which of course is not natural. This is not found in biology or nature or science or anything. Basically, what was in your friend Eli is... It was something dark, something bad that was added to him. Like, Eli was created, and then this other stuff was added. Eli made it very clear that he didn't want that a part of him anymore, and uh, I offered to uh, attempt an experiment to uh, extract it from him. Look, I told him of the dangers. I, I told him that this would... It might not work. And... It was a chance he was... Willing to take. As he, like, sadly, like, holds up the contract one more time. <laughs> so, he's just like Augustus? Huh. If what you said is true, Luz... As he starts to, like, wheel across the room and, like, uh, sift through some drawers... He's, like, sort of digging for something. Um, You said his vibrance was, uh... Gone? Uh, yep. And he pulls out, like, a big, like, thick textbook, and he, like, plunks it down to the table, and he begins, like, uh, flicking through pages. And he's just kind of like, hmm, hmm. 
Dr. Marble slams his finger down on the final page and he goes, ah, yes, here, to move the plot forward. (laughs) (laughs) Vibralos. And uh, he begins reading out uh, this condition of Vibralos, which is like the loss of vibrance, that it is a uh, painstakingly uh, long process that can take months or like sometimes years for the individual who loses their vibrance to uh, recoup from. The individual is likely to regain only a minimal state of sort of self-care if any progress is really made at all. And now we have two of them. Has there has there been any cases of it coming coming back and people being fine? I mean, from what I've heard, it's uh, uh they never come back to their full selves. Like, uh, loss of personality, loss of, like, everything, maybe loss of morals. Like, I want want Gus to be okay. And what am I supposed to tell Eli's family? They're probably waiting for him to come home. How are we supposed to take care of him while he's sick? I have no idea about Augustus' situation, but at least with Eli, I'm sure that I can uh, speak to maybe Bacchus or something, and we can try and sort something out to help uh, help him be comfortable while he's going through his long recovery. But uh, rest assured that he can... Uh, we'll always look after him as long as it takes for him. <sighs> I think when things kind of fall silent... Uh, Luz is going to stand up and grab the bag of samples that she collected from the spiders and just slam it on whatever is the cleanest surface (laughs) around that isn't occupied by Eli. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a uh, a tabletop like to your left. Yeah, I'm going to put that there. I'm just going to slam it down and just kind of look at marbles and go... uh, I want rope that can stick to any surface that I want. And if I want to climb up it, then I just can. And I want it to be like decently sized. So maybe we can stop climbing on rainbow and I don't mind. I, I think we need a rope. Can you get that to us? Dr. Marvel's just sometime. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll get right on it. Thanks. So what's happening right here is you are using the custom move. <laughs> I'll get right on it. Which this is the thing where if you bring monster parts to Dr. Marbles, he's going to make some sort of gadget for you, which is a... Uh, yeah, so, so what do you want? This It's a it's a rope that you can like throw anywhere or... Uh, I want to be able to just like... Maybe maybe I could like shoot it out of something. It's kind of like a grappling hook, but like, like it ties around like an object or just like sticks to a wall mm-hmm. if I need to climb it. Uh, I just want it to be very sticky, but not, but not like stick to me. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So you want it to be able to stick to surfaces. Cause like he could be used as a wall, but you could also use this to like, Hey, I want to um, like grab that thing across the room real quick. Like Spider-Man. I'm actually very excited for this because, uh, so the way that this move works is for this gadget to be created, uh, a roll has to be done. And it's pretty much like a basic 
you know, 10 plus, the gadget's going to work without an issue. Seven to nine, it's going to like have a glitch. And then six and under, it's going to be either it's going to be really bad or the sample is just like altogether destroyed and you don't get that piece of uh, technology. Uh, the roll is actually a hidden roll. So I will be the one who rolls it. And it won't be until you go to use the gadget that you find out what that roll was. Oh, boy. Oh, no. So for this uh, spider rep gadget, let me do the roll. Okay. All right. I've got that recorded down. But what I also wanted to uh, touch base with from the first mystery, Ava has a piece of hair sample from the beast and we never got around to doing it. No, I totally forgot. Yeah, I know. So I know this is like metagaming, but like, if you want, we can do another one. Yeah. I think when Luz pulls out the um, spider bits, Ava's going to remember that she stuffed the piece of hair in her pocket and then lay it on the same table. What if we did something that looks like a hearing aid, but allowed you to see, or excuse me, hear, um, like... A football field away or something. A listening device could be really cool. Um, all, another thing that could be cool is if we need to intimidate something, maybe we can have like a voice box. Kind of like a duck call, but except it's like a big roaring. Oh, that would be cool. That's pretty good. I like that one the most. Yeah, like maybe it could give us like plus one on charm or something. Because like that's kind of what you have to do to intimidate, right? I think we're doing the monster call. That's that works for me. Uh, I guess whenever you use it, it like lets out like a deafening roar, and maybe it gives us like an advantage on charm. Okay, if we're intimidating something. Fun. If we do this, I don't want Luz to have it. <laughs> I'd like to give it to Ava. <laughs> I need my good my good bad rolls, so I'll gladly I'll, I'll gladly give that to you. Yeah, dude, I'll hold on to it. Okay. Alright. That's all marked down. Um, I think Dr. Marbles takes both these samples and he says, um, alright, well, uh, I'll, uh, yeah, okay, I'll get right on this. Uh, when, uh, when do you need it by? Tonight? As soon as possible. Okay, sure. Give me like, uh, I don't know, give me an hour or something. Okay. While this entire conversation is happening, at another place in Broadstead, a silver dagger scrapes across cobblestone flooring, meticulously carving. Alistair stands up, looming over his work, and a piece of trench coat cloth begins to writhe on the floor beneath him, and a smile twists up his sunken face.
A big personal thanks to all of my students who are so diligently working on sharing this podcast around. Thanks, guys.